0: Okay, we've been using Tuesday nights and Sunday school times to fill in the blanks around the story of the last week of Christ and uh, try to cover some of the things. There's so much to cover, can't possibly do it all on Sunday morning service. So we've chosen to add a few things along the way and try to fill in the story more. And we go today to the story of Peter, particularly on that last week of his life, uh, the Gospels are full of Peter. He's all over in there. And we believe that Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark's Gospel, uh, we believe that Peter uh, was his grandfather. That's what people think, that Peter was Mark's grandfather. And so a lot of the stories in Mark are, we think, right out of Peter's mouth. And that's why Mark has a lot of things on Peter. Everybody does because he's talking all the time. Uh, When we think about um, the disciples, we heard from John. Of course, he's on the top of the list with Peter. A little bit from Andrew, Philip, Nathaniel, and Thomas. There are six others we never heard from. We don't know what they were like, anything about them at all. Uh, and of course, Peter leads the pack. He is the leader of the pack because he's a natural born leader. All right? He was born to lead. He's a born leader. Some people are. If it's born that way, he has a certain way about them where they lead. And uh, he has characteristics that make for a leader. And you remember many of the things. I mean, you can't go through them all because there's so many, but just think about it. Jesus is coming walking across the water towards a boat. And Peter says, Hey, I want to do that. <laughs> let, let me come in and let me walk on the water. And Jesus, come on, jump in. <laughs> And he jumped in. Of course, he didn't last long, but he took a few steps on the water, which is more than anybody else could ever say, all right? Did you walk on any? I tried, I go right down. It doesn't, doesn't work, you know? And so, Peter is, one of the reasons he's a born leader is he's born with this confidence. He jumps over the side of the boat, starts walking, that's a confident type of person. Uh, Another time, there was a time when Jesus is up in Galilee and he's preaching and uh, people start to say, "Eh, I don't know about this Jesus. And he had 70 followers at one time and they all left him at once. So the desertion started way back. And as those 70 people turned around and walked away from Jesus, Jesus looks at the 12 left and says, How about you? Are you going away? And Peter says jumps right in. Where can we go? Uh, Only you have the words of eternal life. And so uh, that uh, confidence of Peter you can add to it enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is a powerful force or a leader. You almost got to have enthusiasm if you're a leader, if you're going to accomplish anything. Uh, Remember, uh, Jesus is asking questions of his disciples and he says, so who do people think I am? They say, "Ah, some people think you're Elijah, some people think you're John the Baptist. they got a lot of opinions. And so he says, who do you think I am? And Peter steps right out and says, you're the Christ. You're Messiah. We know who you are. You're Messiah. And so uh, that Peter is always standing out. And also, another thing about Peter is that he can draw a good conclusion. And that's not what a lot of people can do. He can draw a good conclusion. Uh, when they're fishing, the first time they go fishing with Jesus, and Jesus says, Let me just put a net over there. And they pull a net. Peter says, well, we've been fishing all night. It's not a good night, but we'll do it if you want. So he throws a net over there, and it comes up, and it's so full they can hardly get it in the boat. And Peter is going to draw a conclusion from that. He says, I've been fishing my whole life. I grew up on this lake. I know fish. Fish don't do that. I've never seen that before. So this Jesus in my boat, he made the fish go into my net somehow. And the only thing I can figure is he can control the fish under the water that I've been fishing for my whole life. He must be God. And he turns to Jesus and he says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Good conclusion, all right? He knows that that's God's son in the boat with him. He said, man, I don't deserve this. And so that's really Peter, enthusiastic. He can think and think clearly, and he's full of confidence, and that's why he comes to the top all the time. But now we want to look at how he got in the position where he denied Jesus, Thursday night, after Jesus was arrested, maybe in the wee hours of Friday morning, he goes to Caiaphas's house, and something happened. There's something in him that is a problem, all right? and it starts back in Mark chapter eight, with a very unusual thing, Mark chapter eight. verse 31. And he, that's Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders, the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. That's the first time he told them what was going to happen to him, And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And when he turned about and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men." That's quite a thing to say. All right? So Jesus says, I'm going to be taken and crucified. They're going to kill me. And Peter says, I'm not going to let that happen. So I'm telling you right now, Jesus, you better quit talking like that. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And so confidence becomes overconfidence. He's overconfident in what he can do. And that's what's going to put him in trouble. That overconfidence. And that's what's going to make a problem for him coming up soon. Now in John 13 get an example of this strange kind of confidence. It gets a little overconfident. John 13 and verse number 6. Jesus is washing the the disciples' feet. And says verse 6, He cometh to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Peter said, That's a degrading thing that you're doing, and you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus answered and said to him, What thou knowest not now, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said, Laura, he said, Never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Or in other words, Jesus says to Peter, it's symbolic. I'm washing your feet to teach you a lesson. It's symbolic. And when you come in contact with the world, still true for all of us, when we come in contact with the world, we get dirty. It's sin everywhere. You don't have to look very hard to see it. He says when you come in contact with the world, that's when you need to get cleaned up. And he says, it's like your feet, they come in contact with the ground, we're going to clean them up. So I need to wash your feet. Right. Simon Peter says to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands. My hands wash me all over. <laughs> See that extreme enthusiasm. He says, well, if you're going to wash my feet, I think you should wash me all over. And there's that expressing those things, that symbolic thing that Jesus is trying to teach. Lost me all over. Lots of confidence there. Now, let's get to the point. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. In the refrigerator. Luke chapter 22. verse 31. And the Lord said Simon, Simon, behold Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto the Lord I'm ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. Now Jesus says to Peter this is at the last supper he said i want you to know something you have been picked out especially satan's going after you all right there's two disciples that were on satan's list all right one was of course judas he had his eye on judas because judas had a problem that was greed And he knew he could get to Judas by appealing to his greedy nature. The other one is Peter. Peter is on his list. Of the two disciples that Satan has got his eye on, Peter's on their list too because he is overconfident. And that overconfidence makes him vulnerable. And that was going to be Peter's problem. And so I want to look at Mark's story because I think it's right out of Peter's mouth of what happened. Mark chapter 14, and listen carefully to it as he explains. Mark chapter 14, verse number 27. Jesus saith unto them, Ye all shall be offended because of me this night. Where it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Now watch this. Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto thee that this day, even this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And so... He says, before the cock crows twice, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, maybe they will, pointing to the others. They might, not me. Not me. There's an overconfidence coming out. And he tells a story of what happens best. Mark uh, 14, verse 66. And this is the only one... That explains it this way, and I think it's right from Peter's mouth. And there's a huge trap set here for Peter. Verse 66 in Mark 14. As Peter was beneath the palace, there comes one of the maids of the high priest. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not neither understand what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. But he denied it again. A little after they stood by and again said to Peter, surely thou art one of them for thou art a Galilean, thy speech betrays you. And he began to curse and swear saying I know not the man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter recalled to mind the word that Jesus said before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. He thought about it and wept. Notice in verse 68 the rooster crowed the first time. All right. None of the other gospels say that. But in Peter, the count, he's telling his grandson, he said, I heard the rooster crow twice. Once, first time, and I didn't even think about it. Didn't occur to me. After I denied him three times, the rooster crowed the second time. Jesus had given him a warning the rooster's going to crow twice. Hear that rooster crow once? That's your warning hear that rooster crow twice, you failed. You have failed. And he, the overconfident Peter, well, here's the rooster crow the second time, and I am a complete fail. Jesus was right, and I was wrong. I denied him. And I'm a failure. So, that overconfidence is now destroyed in Peter. It's where we had to get to. Satan was going to use it, and he destroyed it. <coughs> and so, Sunday morning, they come and they say, the tomb is empty. Well, I'll go look. Peter, of course, was leading the way. I'll go look. And he goes out there and he looked in the tomb, looked in, it was empty, and he goes, "Ah." he went right in. Of course, his nature. He went in, he comes back out, I don't think this means anything. Jesus is dead and I failed him. Now, you know that Jesus had personal interviews with certain people. And one of them was Peter. And after the resurrection, he meets with Peter. (coughs) And there's not a word about what took place. You know. You don't have to be told. You know what took place. Peter is just feeling horrible. This is the most awful thing I could have ever done. I denied I knew you, even though you warned me, I was so sure of myself, even though you warned me, and so I failed. How can I ever be your disciple? And somehow Jesus met Peter alone on Easter Sunday morning and said to him, Look, yeah, you you failed. You're right. I'm here to forgive. come to forgive you. And that's a wonderful thing. Now we're going to have another test. And I like it because they give tests, see? (laughs) You all have tests, you just don't know it maybe that they're tests. (laughs) But uh, Peter gets a test. Jesus is going to meet with him. He's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. John chapter 21 verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? That's the loaded question. Remember what Peter said? These other 11 guys, they'll deny you. They might do it, but never me. Not ever me. And so Jesus after the resurrection says, so Peter, Let me ask you a question. Do you love me more than they do? Remember you said they'd deny me? You did it. Now let me ask you, Peter, do you still think you're better than they are? Do you still think you're better? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said, Feed my sheep. He saith to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Knowest I love thee. He said, Feed my sheep. So this overconfident enthusiasm. That he has. I'm gonna test you now. Alright. Peter said, I'm better than they are. You still think that, Peter? No. He's got he's got that out of his head. Now watch, watch what he does here. <laughs> Verse 21. Peter, seeing him, that's John, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? He said, I wanna know. What John's going to do for you? And watch what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, if thou will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Jesus said to Peter, you're not in charge. You are not in charge. Right? What do you care what John does? You've got all you can do to do your own work. You've got all you can do to handle it yourself. And so you think you're in charge, and I'm telling you now, you are not in charge. What is that to you? That's not your business. You are not in charge. So Peter's learning. And of course, there's a difference between Judas and Peter. And Peter will come back and say to Jesus, you know, you know I love you. That's the difference. About the only difference overconfident, enthusiastic, bold and brash. you say anything, do anything. He has failed miserably because of it and so he has finally come to terms with who we are. So this is a lesson for enthusiastic people, people who got get up and go, people who can get the job done, Grab a hold and make it go. Don't be overconfident. If you're a natural born leader, and some people are, do not be overconfident because that Satan can use. And he will use your overconfidence. All right? You can fall, you can make mistakes. But the second thing is, don't think you're better than others. Overconfident leaders tend to think that they're better than other people. So you have a proof for yourself. If you are in charge, will you use your power to criticize others? So it's a very fine line, isn't it? Being a leader like Peter, overconfidence is what destroyed him. His enthusiasm pushed him forward and forward, and finally he fell flat on his face, a complete failure. Only restored by Jesus, who then was going to question him and say, okay, you still think you're better than everybody? Have we got that clear? You got that yeah. So you we think, well, Peter learned his lesson. He's all set. <laughs> Something about our characters that hangs tight on us. Something about the way we behave is really hard to change. And so take a look just to show you Acts chapter 10. Peter has gone to see Cornelius. He's going to lead them to believe in Christ. Verse 9 of chapter 10. On the morrow as they were on their journey, drew nigh to the city. Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. He came very hungry. He would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, a certain vessel descending to him, as there had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, and let down to earth. It was like a bag coming down out of heaven. Wherein are all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts creeping things, and fowl of the air. It's full of food, things you can eat. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord. (laughs) He's still got it. He's still got it. No, no, God, I'm not going to do that. Why not? He says, uh, I've never eaten anything that's common or unclean. I don't know what was in the She doesn't say, but a good chance it was a pig in there. All right. He says, have bacon, Peter. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. See, he still has it in his mind that he's going to tell God what to do. He still has it in his mind and in his nature and he can argue with God and say, "I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that." It's unfortunate, but that's part of the problem of leadership. So when we take leadership, we have to be enthusiastic and confident, but we don't want to be overconfident. I think you can't make a mistake, particularly if you're going to look at others and say they don't know what they're doing, like Peter did. So the warning that comes out of the denial of Peter about our characters if we are leaders. Now, he did become the unquestionable leader of the 11 disciples as the book of Acts opens. And he preaches for a a fisherman. He preaches the most fascinating sermon on the first day of Pentecost that it may be in the whole Bible, other than what Jesus said, as he says to the leaders, you crucified Jesus. But you did it because you were ignorant. Good. Good shot, Peter. Good shot. He can serve. He can confidently stand up and preach like that. Right? He's just got to beware, like we all do, of our overconfidence and our critical eye towards other people. That's why Satan said, I'll take that one. I'll get him. He's got that attitude that I can use. Fortunately, Satan failed. He didn't fail with Judas, but he failed with Peter. So a little bit about the denial of Peter just before Jesus was led away, well, actually already led away to be crucified, he's on trial in Caiaphas's house and Peter denies him 3 times. And so he has a stain on his character that's sin just like we all got, right? All got a stain. That's a thing. God can forgive. Question is, do you love me? Peter says yes. You know I love you. There you go. You're going to make it, Peter. You're going to make it. All right. Thank you.